What's up, dirtbags? Welcome to episode 218 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. Scott Sturman, Matt Deitch, what's up, dude? Well, you know, just enjoying the weather. You remember when everyone else back in the day was like, what's up? What's like, up? Oh, what's, yeah. up? what's up? Like, now, now you know, I think everyone's what's like, what's up, dude? Yeah. You know, like, but it, they, they do put the T in it yet. It's yeah. Not, what's up? What's up? Sup. But you didn't even sup. put the yeah, I was gonna say you don't even, you put, don't the even w. put the W in it anymore. Like, sup. 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 That's what that was what it used to do like on uh uh MSN Messenger. Hey, hey, <laughs> sup. sup. <laughs> NM you <laughs> Oh man. We gotta, Those were the days. They were, weren't they? Those were the freaking days. Uh, you know what one thing I cannot stand is like I get called bruh. All the time. Bruh. 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 I'm like, stop calling me bruh. By kids like, at school? Yeah, like a first grader comes running by <laughs> today at recess. And I was like, I said something to him. He's like, bruh. I'm like, don't call me bruh. Oh, I said, there's man. only two people in this world that can call me bruh. And you're not one of them. <laughs> you ain't one of them. <laughs> you're not my bruh. You're not that guy. <laughs> you're not that guy. Oh, man. Uh, episode 218 is brought to you by our good buddies over at Dakota Angler in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Uh, swing on in there. Talk to Josh. Talk to Todd. Uh, they are absolutely the best in the business. And uh, they got a couple sales going right now. We got 30% off Rappala Rain Gear, $55 uh, Shimano uh, Sedona Reels, uh, Fenwick. Fenwick Techno Rods, uh, normally two twenty nine, now one fifty. We're talking about some freaking savings. That's right. Uh, I know that they got plenty of other sales uh, going on right now, and uh, you know, walleye weekend over in uh, Okaboji, uh, Minnesota opener this coming weekend. Really? Yep. Really. So. Well, I'm telling you right now. Uh, if you're living in Northwest Iowa, if you're living in uh, Southwest Minnesota, it is worth your time to head on over. Uh, make the trip west, get to Dakota Angler, and then head back to your home state. <laughs> and, and if you can't make it over there, that's right. Hit up www.dakotaangler.com. Use code DIRTBAG at checkout, and you will have plenty of savings uh, so you can spend your money on all sorts of extra things. Uh, well, I'll tell you, Matt, uh, what what you can have extra money if uh, if if you use code Dirtbag. I uh, I made the mistake of taking my uh, stepdaughter shopping for a softball Ooh. bat this last weekend. Ooh, yeah. Ah, yep. So, uh, so you're probably uh, a little lighter in the pocketbook right now. Not a little bit lighter, Matt. A <laughs> lot a bit lighter. <laughs> we we're we're doing ramen noodles for the next uh, twelve months. Uh, well, for, good thing you like frozen pizzas. I can't afford no freaking frozen pizzas. <laughs> I am not kidding you. So uh, so we go to uh, to check out uh, softball bats, and I had no clue. Like, I, I'm thinking if I walk in there, you know, 150 bucks in my pocket, like, I'm literally going to walk out with the best damn bat in the place. Yeah. I've got no clue what I'm <laughs> getting myself into. <laughs> You're going to get blindsided. I am not kidding you. So we walk up there. Uh, we start looking at these bats, and we're looking at Easton Ghost, like, hell yeah, Easton Ghost, white, you know, with silver, things freaking badass. Yeah, like, cool. there's, like, this Louisville Slugger that's black that, like, has flame colors on it, thing is just tits. Uh, we're talking 
what is it, Marazzi, Maruzzi? De Mar- or, yeah, I think so. De Marini, Mar- Marucci, Marucci. We got Marucci bats, and and uh, you know I've got a I've got a 15 year old son and a 15 year old stepdaughter, and they're going back and forth about cat ten, cat seven, drop ten, you know, thirty three <laughs> this, twenty four that, you know, that got to have that drop ten and cat ten and whatever, just going bananas with these bats and. I mean, I'm just like looking to see which one's got the coolest colors. Like, right. oh yeah, this yeah, one's tits looking, or whatever. Yeah, like this one looks cool. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, I'm I'm just kind of like I told Aubrey, like you know, pick pick the one you want. You know, like pick the one you want. Like yeah. we're I got 150 know. bucks. Yeah, hell one. yeah. Like I mean, <laughs> get one, yeah. Man. I mean, we're freaking we're shopping for softball bats. We'll like, get you a glove and some new cleats and stuff yeah, like that at the same time. No big deal. No big deal. And. uh all of a sudden, like, I, I pick up this Easton ghost and, you know, kind of like acting like I really know what the hell I'm doing. And I glance down at the price tag. Like, we've been just looking at these dingers, things. Just hitting dingers yeah, in yeah, your mind. Exactly. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm Babe Ruth and it just, I'm pointing <laughs> out to the freaking, you know, and, and I just happen to like glance down. We've been looking at these things for 10, 15 minutes. Like, I've, in my mind, I've already got it figured out which one she needs. Yep. And then I look at the price tag and, I don't. It, it was four ninety nine or five ninety nine, and we are not talking four dollars ninety nine cents. We are talking five hundred freaking dollars. <laughs> and I don't. the The guy who was helping us had to have thought that I got kicked in the nuts because I was your just heartbeat like, dropped ten. Yeah, it's butt. like holy moly! Like you have got to be kidding me here. So like I'm like you know good night like did they put the wrong sticker on this thing so i look down at the next one it's like son of a gun that is the same thing like that's real okay you know that's just these eastern ghosts that are more expensive so i grab the the louisville slugger that's next to it and it's like well god dang it this thing's like you know if, if that one was i, I think it might have been 5.99 maybe it was 4.99 but this one's you know right there at the $500 ballpark too and i'm like holy shit i am in over my head <laughs> i am in over my head so whatever i'm kind of talking to him about you know these other ones over here and he's like you know sir those are basically t-ball bats and you know we're playing high school ball now and we need these good bats and i'm like holy crap got you on the sales pitch we did we walked out with one not one of those 500 hundred dollar ones but i think it was 400 or something like that and oh my god i you know, I've been debating on buying a set of hundred and twenty dollar work boots. For, like, you know, it's like you know Something how we you're buy, wear every yeah, day. You know how we pay for four hundred dollar bats? Those work boots. boots right. I don't. I don't think I can spend the money on it. But uh, God dang it! Uh, you know, I I don't know. Freaking crazy! Absolutely crazy! Uh, you know, you, you you start looking out at seventeen dollar Whopper ploppers, and it's yeah. like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, not that crazy. I don't uh, know. I guess things we, are we, worth what people are willing to right, spend. We on talked them, about it a couple weeks ago. You know, with uh, fishing rods and stuff like that, and fishing reels. You know, you're talking about those prices. It's 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 crazy. I mean, you can. There's get... more too. There's more to them. Freaking fishing reels, actually. Oh, right. You know, I mean, the, there's there's more small components. Like, I mean, I oh, work that's... in manufacturing, guys. <laughs> Like, and unless there's something inside of there that's made of pure white gold, I'm telling you this, like, it's not that complex. Like, and, and they're not even aluminum anymore. No, they're all composite. Composite. Oh, yeah. Two-piece. The yeah. dude flat out tells me, yeah, you know, it's only got a one-year warranty on it because they break so easy. For 500 freaking dollars, it better have a lifetime warranty, and it better 
grill me a steak. <laughs> yeah, make me a frozen pizza. Yeah, gee, my nilly. <laughs> poor, Crazy. Poor, poor Aubrey. Every yeah. time she goes up there, I hopefully she gets a hit. Otherwise, you're going to be heckling your own stepdaughter. <laughs> I, I told that dude, like, don't swing and miss. This then damn thing don't pay for college. I'm bringing it back. <laughs> bringing it back. No. All right. Uh, moving along. This ain't a softball podcast. This is a fishing podcast. I just had to go down that wormhole. But uh, this week, uh, we've got, uh, well, I don't know. You could print your call with the hottest bass fisherman. Uh, uh, in Iowa, in yeah, you know tri-state area here, uh, uh, Jordan Hurt, um, fresh off of a win at the Okaboji Open, uh, fresh off of a top twenty finish uh, at Lake of the Ozarks, and um, I don't know an MLF Invitational, yep. um, fishing fishing a bunch of the MLF Invitationals, uh, a lot of good showings. Uh, um, I don't know. It it basically seems like uh, in the last two years, if there's a tournament up here in this area and Jordan Hurts in it, uh, everyone else is playing for second place. Yeah, it but, seems uh, like it. Uh, pretty wild, uh, you know. Dudes really, uh, really having a lot of success, and this is one of those uh, interviews where Matt and I have talked about it for a long time, and uh, we finally got a hold of him and uh, we got it on. So uh, yeah, I guess uh, we're gonna we're gonna get over to him. And Jordan Hurts, our guest today. Jordan, how are you? I'm doing good, guys. How are you guys? Doing pretty good here. Doing good. Now, Jordan, uh, we like to get our episodes uh, started off with a couple of random questions. So uh, I I want to piggyback off what I uh, asked Matt and Don Cox last week, but uh, I want to know, would you take a good piece of pizza or a good burger? I'm probably taking a pizza. Okay. So I want (laughs) to know pizza or a good pork chop? I'm going with pizza again. Okay, so pizza or a good steak? I'm going to go with the steak on that one. Okay, now <laughs> I want to know a good steak or a breakfast buffet? A uh, good steak. Yeah, that's, that's a guy that knows what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you Absolutely. win tournaments. That's why you win tournaments right there. Is there any? <laughs> what's, what's your steak of choice? Um, I like the ribeyes. Ribeyes, all right. Heck yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. You a steak sauce guy? Yep, I'm doing A1. Really? A1. Okay. All right. Yep. Hash browns with cheese? Yep, absolutely. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's Eight what I'm talking about. All the way. What's the last concert you went to? Oh, man. I don't even know. Not a concert guy? No. I Man, I haven't gone... I probably haven't even gone to a concert since I was in high school, honestly. And I don't even remember what it was. Probably Blink-182. Probably probably just some uh, freebie at uh, up in Arnold's Park, Iowa, honestly. Out on the green space, head east or something. (laughs) 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 All righty. Well, Jordan, uh, why why don't you start off by letting the listeners know uh, where is it uh, in the world that you call home? So I live in Council Bluffs, Iowa now. Um, I went to school. I went to high school and everything uh, just south of here, about uh, 15 miles or so in a little town called Glenwood. Um, So that's where I was. I wasn't born there. I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And then we moved because my dad was a he was a pilot for Midwest Airlines. um, And they got a base here in Omaha. So so we moved to Glenwood when I was around. I don't know. I was in about second grade, I believe. So pretty much second through senior year, I lived there, and then I got married, 
Um, and Chelsea and I, we live here in Council Bluffs now. Um, so kind of my background on fishing though, um, I have grandparents on both sides. One of them has a house up in Arnold's Park, Iowa, and uh, they're right on the lake. And actually they're on uh, Minnewashta. Okay. All right. My other grandparents have a summertime cabin up on Pool 4 on the Mississippi River. They're in Lake Pepin. Golly, oh. hell of a problem to have. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what am Absolutely. I going to do this weekend? <laughs> so I kind of grew up fishing mainly walleyes, walleyes and panfish, anything I could catch off their docks. Um, Grandpa in Minnesota, well, they both had boats. They had my one in Okaboji, he had a... I think it was a 17 and a half foot crest liner with a 90 horse on it, maybe. And then um, the one on the Mississippi River had a 16 foot Lund with a 65 on it, maybe. And we used to just go out and drift around for walleyes. And uh, in Okaboji, we used to tie up to bridges, throw bobbers and minnows, catch white bass, walleyes, northern. I mean, basically anything that bite or would bite, we would. We would go after it. My brother and I would. <laughs> yep. And then, uh, and I can remember back, I can't remember what, how old I was exactly. It must have been around 12, 13. There was a Everstart series that came. Um, I think they were going out of Red Wing, but there were some guys that were staying at their campground um, in, Pe- in, Lake, uh, in Lake Pepin. And my brother and I, we were just nosy little kids, you know, walking around checking out the bass boats and the campers and everything. And we got to talking to some of the guys, and we met a an angler, and I don't remember his name, but he worked for Uncle Josh Pork Company. Yeah. And I remember him giving us a catalog and telling us to call him in two weeks because he'd be back at the shop, ask for him, and he would send us anything we wanted in this catalog. We're like, hmm, okay. So two weeks went by. We gave him a call, and he sent us probably $200 worth of Uncle Josh pork. He wow, actually did that's it, huh? Awesome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jigs and everything. Way cool. So growing up with the walleye deal, my grandpa was always real secretive to who we talked about or who we talked to <laughs> about what we yeah. on, you know, the whole, uh, the whole spiel, like, you know, like everybody is with fishing, right? And. <laughs> So we met these bass guys, and they're just telling us everything they're using, everything that they catch them on. And we're like, man, these guys are way cooler than the walleye guys. (laughs) (laughs) So ever since that moment, I think I can – that's the last thing I even thought about a walleye, and I've been bass 100% ever since. I've pretty much been – you know, I ended up buying my first bass boat when I was 18 years old. Um, I got a job right out of high school, and – the whole goal with that job was so I could buy a bass boat. <laughs> well, that's a good goal to have. What's that? That's a good goal to have. Oh, absolutely. So, um, so after reading, I was kind of the kid in high school that walked around with the Bassmaster and FLW magazines, didn't really care about what we were learning in school. I kind of hid the magazines under the books that we were supposed to be reading, and I studied bass fishing. <laughs> so so from a pretty young age you had kind of set your sights on tournament fishing yeah it was actually funny my uh my wife and my mom were going through uh some old stuff oh, a couple years back now and getting rid of some things at their house at my mom's house and they found some letter that i wrote to myself and i don't remember if i was in middle school and you, it was one where you got it when you turn when you were a senior oh yeah you gotta oh, yeah. read what you wrote in middle school and my goals on that paper in middle school 
um, was I was going to either be a pro skateboarder or a pro fisherman. <laughs> and I think about my sophomore year in high school, I don't think I'd touch a skateboard again. <laughs> well, you don't break as many arms, and you don't have to wear as many yeah. helmets. and No more yeah. bruises and broken wrists and fingers. Yep. And, so uh, do, you, do you still have that? Do you have that letter saved then? Oh, I don't know where it's at anymore, no. Uh, they might still have it. It's probably there somewhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the w- wives don't give up things like that. <laughs> well, she don't forget it, that's for sure. She can tell you word for word what that thing said. I probably <laughs> forgot some of it. But. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so when did you hop in your first tournament? Yeah, so actually before I had my bass boat, um, my dad had a 17 Lund Pro V with a 150 Johnson on it. Um, and he let him and my, or he let my brother and I take that thing basically as soon as we turned 16, if we wanted to go fishing somewhere, anywhere. I mean, I remember when I was 16, looking at a paper map, trying to figure out how to get to Okaboji <laughs> just so we could go fishing there. And that was all before GPS, you know, and all the, all the cool stuff we have now. But, um, but we used to take that thing around some of the ponds around home and, we took it on the Missouri River a few times, and there's no bass really in there that, that we ever caught. But, you know, we'd mess around with catfish or bow fishing or, you know, anything we could do to get outside and get on the water. I mean, we were out chasing it. Yep. Do you do, you do any hunting, or are you just predominantly fishing? Yep. Once, uh, so once our tournament seasons in Iowa kind of uh, slow down, it's usually about the first or second week in October. Um, I pretty much put the rods and reels down and kind of set my goals on whitetail and we do a little bit of waterfowling, not so much anymore. Um, and we do a little bit of pheasant hunting too. Okay. All right. Now, did that change this year? Like with having to start preparing for, you know, the invitationals and stuff like that, did you have to go do a lot of practicing down South after, you know, our season up here was kind of in the books and the ice was getting close to being on the lakes? Um, yeah, so not a whole lot. Um, I did a lot of, I do a lot of like Google Earth studying and, um, anytime I've ever really gone down and pre-practiced, things have changed in some dramatic way. Anytime I've ever gone down South. Okay. So that I probably should have went down and pre-practiced for Okeechobee, but it was so far that I opted into just trying to figure it out that week. Um, and that has worked always like, that's been the best way for me to do it. Um, so far um i did we did make a trip down so i got a new boat um when did i get that i think in november november or december i traded the old boat or the other boat i had um for a new one and i did take that one we took a trip being a buddy down to lake of the ozarks for a couple days um we hit stockton lake that week for a day and then we went down to bull shoals for three or four days so basically just to make sure all the electronics were working and everything was running right before I left for Okeechobee. Yep. All right. Yep. So what was the, do you remember your first tournament that you fished in up here on Okaboji? Yeah. So I think, I believe the first tournament I ever fished on Okaboji was a wood sporting goods and they were out of council bluffs. It was just in the, the bait shops actually still there. It's right here in Lake Manawa. And, uh, um, they used to have a tournament circuit, which they don't have this tournament circuit anymore, but they had seven to nine tournaments every year. And we used to jump in the ones, at least in Okaboji and Brushy Creek, which is around Fort Dodge. Yep. Um, and then after, 
after I turned 18 and I had my own boat, then I basically chased that circuit all around. Um, the main reason I picked that circuit was some of the better fishermen in Iowa fish that circuit. So my whole deal was if I'm ever going to be anything in fishing, I had to beat the guys good at home first. So I chased that circuit just to try to learn anything I could off of them. Um, if they let me in on anything yep. and then, and, or just to try to, just to try to beat them. Yep. Do you remember how you finished in that tournament? Not very good. <laughs> <laughs> I think we had five, but probably for about 12 or 13 pounds. But, but back then, Okaboji was a different lake than it is now. Oh, it definitely, yeah, yeah it definitely is. It was. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yep. It's that's a different for sure. animal now. It, I mean, back then it was taken maybe 16 or 17 pounds a day to win. Yep. So, I mean, we probably, we were probably decent, like middle of the pack somewhere, middle to lower end of the pack. Yep. Yep. And now you've jumped in some uh, Iowa Great Lakes uh, Bass Club, and you do any of those Oxbow Bandit uh, ones down out of Sioux City? Um, not so much anymore. They've kind of made it. The Oxbow Bandits, we used to fish those, um, at least their early ones, just because they were always the first circuit that started in Iowa every year. Yep. Um, so we were always gung-ho about jumping on. You know, we just wanted to fish, so it didn't matter what we fished. And, and I remember back in the early days um, – before we even knew or before there was even a um like a tournament list to look at like what events are going on each week online or maybe there was we just didn't know how to work it but i remember going to the ramps in like creston iowa i would show up at with whoever i was fishing with that week at five o'clock in the morning and we would just sit at the ramp and if a tournament showed up we'd go and ask him like hey is this an open can we jump in and sometimes <laughs> they would say it was sometimes they would say that's eh, a close you have to have memberships but then they would usually let us pay the you know the extra fifteen dollars yeah. or whatever it was for the membership and we could jump in those and just fish them too and then you'd win and they'd be like those freaking dudes hustled the hell out of us <laughs> we didn't do a whole lot of winning in them early days but we were trying that's for sure i don't know you seem to be making up for it now <laughs> yeah. yeah no we it's been good the last few years that's for sure it, it is definitely nice with like social media and like a lot of the dnrs and stuff that do put a tournament list out there so a person can go in there and you know kind of look and get an idea of you know a schedule that they want to do or maybe a tournament they want to jump into so i mean it has changed a lot i mean even within the last you know six or seven years it's crazy how much it's changed oh absolutely it's made it a lot nicer for sure so, so you know, being from Council Bluffs, do you consider Okaboji your home lake? Yeah, I mean, it's not the closest lake to me, but I definitely put the most time on that lake. Um, yep. One, I have a place to stay up there. My grandparents have a house, and then actually my wife, her parents have a house right across the street from them, which oh. is actually how I met my wife. Ah. <laughs> oh, you so, got to tell this story. How yeah. did this... You, you were... Uh, you, you were holding bass out on the dock. She saw you and yep. was like, son of a gun. Come wheeling up with that bass boat, and yeah. she's like, I got to meet this guy. Story like that never <laughs> yeah. never once happened with a walleye boat. <laughs> yeah. Never once. Nope. Actually, my grandma, so my grandma, she uh, she met uh, Chelsea's mom and dad, and, and my grandma was the one that actually introduced us. And we were, um, go figure, we were up there for a tournament. And oh, yeah. It was Sunday, probably around four thirty, five o'clock, and we got back to Grandma's, packed up our stuff, and we're trying to hit the road south. And and Grandma comes out, and she's like, "Hold on, you got to meet the neighbors." And it's like, "All right, well." We stood around for a little bit. They came out, and they were actually just getting ready to leave too. So 
we met and Chelsea and I were on Facebook or whatever and started talking and basically didn't stop until we, you know, we're still going at it. So <laughs> just like that. Yep. Yep. So uh married and married and got a kid now and life's good. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All because you were a bass fisherman. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm telling you, that's a she saw the boat, the truck and <laughs> And you weren't afraid to share information. Yeah, that's, yeah. It. that's it. No, no, no. So you, you're talking about fishing some, you know, local club derbies and whatnot. Uh, obviously, at a certain point, uh, you know, you're probably winning these these club derbies, and you start thinking about, you know, well, maybe moving on up. When 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 did that happen? That you decided, you know, what I'm gonna I'm gonna try to take this, uh, you know, one one level higher. Yeah, so there's not a whole lot of, um, from just from being in the tournament scene, you know, we would talk to guys that were fishing different things and different events all over. And and to jump into the BFLs, because um, I always thought about I wanted to go fish the BFL circuit over on the Mississippi River, but the downfall with that was it's six-and-a-half-hour drive to get over there, um, and you got to practice and stuff, and... Um, so, and I have fished a couple, I think I fished a couple BFLs on the river as a co-angler and, um, I fished one as a boater at Prairie. Um, and then there was one of the guys, I can't remember who was talking about. Well, one of the guys that we know, he was, he used to fish this, um, they call it the TVF or the Bass Federation. Um, and the Bass Federation, there was a chapter in Nebraska, but there wasn't one in Iowa at the time at least from when i was aware of at least uh so um a couple buddies of mine well actually the the tbf when was this it must have been four four or five years ago was the first one we ever entered and nebraska was hosting that year their regional tournament and it was going to be on okaboji in september well to get to there you have to go through the state tournament and you basically have to get an invite to be able to so you have to finish high enough to get the invite to be able to go to regionals so um a couple buddies of mine and i we jumped into a club that was there were some guys in iowa that made up a club um joined the nebraska tbf we all joined that club and that made us eligible to fish the the state tournament well my one good buddy nick seeker and i uh nick ended up winning that state tournament and I ended up getting second. And the state tournament was held on Okaboji in the spring. So that punched our first ticket to regionals. And I can't remember how regionals turned out. I finished middle of the pack. And I think my buddy Nick, he was somewhere in the middle of the pack too. We didn't do very good. But then for three or four years later, it was Nebraska's turn to host again. And it might have actually been South Dakota that hosted last year. I can't remember. I think it was anyways, South Dakota. They wanted to host uh, the regionals at Okaboji. So, all right. So now we started our own TBF club. Um, and we had a few other buddies that joined it, um, boaters and co-anglers. And the first stop was the state tournament, which was held in June on Lake of the Ozarks. And... Um, the second day tournament was on Truman Lake. Well, we ended up going down. We practiced for two days. I practiced one day on Lake of the Ozarks and I practiced one day on Truman. Um, Lake of the Ozarks, I caught a handful of fish, but they were pretty small, like just, 
you know, 15, 16 inch keepers, nothing too crazy, but I could, you could catch them pretty easy. Um, and then Truman was the same way, but totally different fishing. The Ozarks was like offshore deep fishing and Truman was flooded and flipping bushes and you could get a lot more bites at Truman that day. So I was pretty excited about both of those. So blast off, um, we ended up going out of the, the ramp all the way up the river as far as you can get on Lake of the Ozarks. Well, in June, they usually pull water, and that usually sets fish up on points and stuff. So I wanted to get down to the lake. So I made an hour and 10 or 15-minute run down the river and fished the lake and got on a few points. I ended up catching 19 pounds around 11 o'clock or 11.30. And then I wanted to make sure I got back up the river before the boat traffic got bad, and then I got stuck down on the lake. So I made the track back up. And I ended up winning the Nebraska State Tournament, which punched my ticket to regionals last year. Um, and then Truman Lake did not go as hot for me. I actually blanked that one. Um, oh, there was oh. a big BFL or something the other day before. There was a couple hundred boats in it. And all the shallow fish I had were either too smart for me to catch or or they were they were already caught the day before. So, so then... I made it to regionals, which was like the third week in September. And in my experience, the third week of September is usually a pretty big moving. September is a moving month for all the fish on Okaboji anyways. So a lot of the schools get broke up and it gets to be a little bit trickier to catch them. Um, And the first day of that tournament, I ended up catching 21 pounds and I was leading it on the first day. Um, And the second day we had, well, the first day we had a cold front come through. And the second day, it was like slick, calm, bright sun. And I luckily, at the end of the end of the day, the second day, I caught a big four and a half pound smallmouth that brought my bag up to around fifteen and a half pounds. And I ended up winning the regional tournament um, by a pound or so. Um, and that got my ticket on the Nebraska side for um, the T- the the Bass Federation National Championship, which was held the following spring um on lake conroe in texas where where exactly is lake conroe so it's in it's just north of houston a little ways okay uh, what was it about 30 miles or so i think yep so it was uh and it was a it was a busy lake um during our practice there was a big bass batch that was going on for all three days of practice two or three days and so there was like 300 boats on the deal, um, which is what it is, right? Like you can't control any of that. So we pre-fished and did everything we could. And I actually had a really good pre-fish. Um, the first fish I caught in at Lake Conroe weighed eight four. Oh, well, that'll do it. <laughs> and uh, and that that fish was at the time that was the biggest bass I'd ever caught. Um, previous before that, I caught an eight one on Lake Mazingo in northern Missouri. Um, but I was pretty jacked up. My first, my actually first three fish I caught at Lake Conroe. One was an eight, whatever, four or something. Um, the next fish I caught was just over seven pounds. And the third fish I caught was just over three, uh, six pounds. And you thought you had died and gone to heaven. <laughs> oh man. So I then, and that was on the first day of practice. So I basically had, now what I was fishing there, I was fishing some brush piles out on some points. So I spent the, basically... Um, 
half of practice just idling around, not even casting. Every time I'd mark a, find a brush pile, I'd mark it, and I would just side scan around it. I wouldn't even make a cast on it. I figured I'd just fish it during the tournament and try to yep. get as many of them marked as I could so I could get some kind of uh, milk run going. And then I spent a lot of time, too. We had a big warming trend come through, and I spent a lot of time shallow because – a lot of the way the weather was setting up where these fish should be moving shallow um, to start their spawn and everything. So take us to the first day of the, of the national championship. Um, and this happens to me every once in a while on these bigger tournaments. Um, a lot of times on these bigger lakes, there's an area that's more popular or maybe the, the fish are biting better in certain areas. Well, I ended up drawing boat one. And I take off out of the out of the cove, and I go left down by the dam. And I remember about halfway to my spot, I looked back, and there was a bridge that we had to go under and idle under it. So when we got to that bridge, I looked back, and I think there was two boats following me out of 50. <laughs> Everybody else went up the river, and I'm like, man, I probably picked the wrong way again, but whatever, right? So I get down the lake and get to my first spot, one I caught that eight-pounder on in practice, and I fished around that for... 15 to 30 minutes and never had a bite so i went to the one next brush pile which is the one i caught that seven pounder out of didn't have a bite like all right i guess we'll just start running new piles so the very first pile i marked after i found those first two piles i stopped on that one and i made a cast with alabama rig over it um as soon as that thing came over that pile, a fish came out and hit it, and I set the hook, and that thing weighed, on my Rapala scale, it weighed 11.04. <laughs> <laughs> and that, so that was your new biggest fish you ever caught. So now that is still currently the biggest bass in it. And on their scale, at the end of the day, it ended up weighing officially 10.15. Okay. Wow. So not quite an 11-pounder, but hey. We'll call it an 11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's still a monster. Oh, yeah. And that was the biggest fish bass I'd ever even seen. And that thing came up, jumped four different times all the way out of the water. Wow. And I just, all hell went loose, broke loose. <laughs> I thought I was going to lose them. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> then I got to put the thing in my live ball, and he barely fit in there. His nose was touching the front left corner, and his tail was touching the back right corner. <laughs> it was <laughs> as big as they could fit. And you're thinking, you still got to fit four more of them in there. <laughs> right. Right. So then, um, so I went fishing around some more, and I ended up catching a limit. Um I ended up having not a whole lot to go with it. I ended up weighing 18 pounds, and I think after the first day, I was sitting in second place. Or yeah, I was sitting in second place after the first day uh, with 18 something. I can't remember exactly now, 18 and a half or whatever. And I think 19 pounds was leading it. Um, so in the second day, um, just in from that brush pile, there was a little uh, like a channel swing bank, and it had right on the drop, it had a little bit of rubble rock. And the shad were up there swimming around, and and you could catch. I was catching some fish on jerk baits and stuff, um, and I ended up starting there because I thought with the warming weather, some of them fish were kind of leaving those piles and moving moving up towards the bank. And I ended up catching a couple keepers first thing in the morning, and then about nine o'clock, I ended up catching one about six and a half pounds. Um, and then I just stopped fishing everything down there, and I. I went back up the lake and I just started fishing new stuff. Ended up catching two more keepers. Um, they're about three pounders and ended up weighing like 17 and a half pounds the second day, which then brought my lead. I think I was leading the second day. I 
by about five pounds, five or six pounds, something like that. So that's the three-day tournament? In a three-day tournament, yep. Okay, yep, yep. So then, uh, um, so then the, the third day, I went back to my starting area, and I fished around till about noon. Um, I ended up catching two keepers. Um, so at Lake Conroe, your fish had to be 16 inches, the largemouth did. Um, spotted bass still only had to be 12. And uh, I don't know, I think I caught about seven to ten fish down there that morning and every single one of them except for two measured 15 and seven eighths <laughs> usually how it goes yep and i had a camera guy um there's a camera in the boat all day um well he ended up leaving me about 10 o'clock and then ended up coming back around 11 because he couldn't find the guy that he was supposed to go get in with <laughs> um so i told him i'm like well we gotta make a move we gotta run back towards the ramp i'm we got plenty of time still to catch a few more fish. Um, and I ended up stopping on a pile that I'd marked in practice and it was on the main lake about halfway back to the ramp, halfway up the lake. And I stopped on that. My first cast, I caught another 15 and seven eighths. And my second cast, I caught one just over six pounds. Nice. So that one really bumped my bag, you know, and then I had like three fish for 11 and a half or something or low 11s, whatever. Well, there was a bridge right before, right as we go into the cove, and every, every, the first two days I ended up stopping on that bridge and, um, and fishing for like the last 15 minutes or whatever. Well, I always caught some keepers there, and usually they didn't help. So I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, well, I could, you know, if I spend an hour there, I'll catch two, three, whatever, 15 or 16 inches or, 12 inch spots or you know whatever i should be easily able to fill out my limit so i ended up going back to that spot and i fished it for an hour and a half um and the camera guy once you know once we got fishing there the camera guy kept asking me who's up on that bridge and i'm like man i don't know i'm so concentrated trying to catch a bass like i'm kind of not i'm not spinning out but i know that i need two more otherwise this thing's going to be not ending the way i wanted it to right yeah well Finally, after the camera guy asked me several times, I ended up looking up on the bridge, and there stood Marshall Halverson, which is my tournament partner back home. Uh, he had drove my wife and um, daughter at the, and they were all standing up there on the bridge, um, just watching me fish. So I got a little choked up. Um, you know, I wasn't expecting them to come take the what was it, fourteen-hour drive down there from home and be there but they were um and so then i ended up not catching my last two fish on that bridge and i had to roll into weigh-in with only three bass so i was pretty down on myself for not catching you know the five bass limit that i was pretty sure that i was going to need um and when it all came to the end scott bonama from uh and I don't know if that's exactly how you pronounce his last name. Yep. I'm sorry, that was wrong. No, that's that's it. <laughs> um, he was he was in well, I can't remember if he was. I think he was in third place going into the last day, and he weighed a big bag around 18 pounds or so, 17 or 18 pounds. And I'm sitting there in the tank, so we couldn't talk to the guys in the in the holding tank, so we couldn't even look at their fish, or you know, they wanted it to be a complete surprise on whoever was going to win. It was going to be a shock to everybody, right? 
So I'm sitting there doing math in my head. I'm like, well, he was six pounds behind me to start the day at least. And I think he was a little more than that. Um, so I was thinking I was going to need at least 11 pounds. And on my, my little Rapala scale that I was using, I had right at 11 pounds. And he weighed his fish, and then they brought me up there, and then I brought my fish up, and and I ended up only needing eight pounds, and I had the eleven and a half pound or something, and and that I ended up winning uh, the TBF national championship. I I won the Live in the Dream package, which was a prize package um, that consists of cash and prizes worth one hundred twenty five thousand dollars. Came with a brand new Ranger boat. Uh, it was uh, a five twenty, the new R boat. So the 20 foot Ranger with the 250 on it, um, twenty thousand dollars in cat uh, check, and the option to fish the Tackle Warehouse Pro Circuit the next season, which was then this year. So I opted out to sell the boat, um, and I took the money and I entered the Tackle Warehouse Invitationals, is what they're calling them now. So we started our season this season um, down on Okeechobee in January. And Florida way different than anything else. We'll just say <laughs> that. I did not do so hot. I was getting six to eight bites a day. And the first day of the event, I got seven bites, and I got two of them in the boat. Had, had you ever fished Florida before, or that was your first I time? Had, nope, I had never been there. Yep. And I had... I was fishing an area, um, and I was catching some fish uh, in practice, and they weren't huge, but they were keepers. But there was guys, I mean, and Florida's kind of weird, so I don't really like to be around a lot of boats when I'm fishing. Um, I usually try to be away from boats, but um, but in Florida, the clean water was only in a couple areas, so everybody was in the same stuff, including the guides, the shiner fishermen, the locals, everybody, right? it's kind of just a big bowl you just fish around and fish grass and well it was pretty calm most of the days of the event and every five to 15 minutes you'd hear splashing where somebody was reeling one in and it was usually shiner guys and they were holding up six seven eight pound bass <laughs> taking pictures of them every single angle around the boat people were catching them and it's like what in the world there has to be a million bass down here in right around this area and everybody's catching them except for me <laughs> so that was a little humbling experience um i ended up catching i ended up getting a limit the second day it wasn't enough to uh, make the cut um so the first tournament of the year, we didn't make a check. Um, we went home with our tails tucked behind us. And, but it was a good learning experience. I mean, I think I needed that. You know, It would have been nice to get a check. It would have been nice to be competitive at that one. But I learned a lot there, yep. um, that experience. So the next stop was three weeks later at Clarks Hill in South Carolina. Um, I ended up having a good finish there. I finished 16th. Oh, wow. Um, from there, we went to Lake Eufaula in Oklahoma. And again, none of those two bodies of water I had never been to. Um, I did stop, though, on the way home from um, Clarks Hill. I stopped for two days um, and drove around Eufaula. Um, and Eufaula, I had another good event. I think I finished 44th, 
so I got a check there. Um, and then last week we were that third, uh, fourth, fourth stop, stop, fourth which stop. Lake the, yeah, which was Lake of the Ozarks. And, and you fall out, uh, Oklahoma is not very far away from, you know, it, it's, it's really an Ozark Lake, isn't it? Yep. So it's just south of Grand Lake, um, a little ways. Um, and I have been on Grand a few times, um, okay. for a couple of the big, like Nichols opens in the Springs and whatnot. Um, but I, you know, I'd never been to, to Eufaula, but Eufaula compared to like at least you fall it seems like compared to grand way bigger body of water like you okay. get on you fall and that thing is giant <laughs> yep um but no you follow was a fun event um the fish were they were it, the water was clean but it wasn't like minnesota or okiboji clean there's probably two and a half three foot of visibility in there um and most of the fish were spawning in around big rocks on some of the rocks had like pea gravel with like big boulders or big bigger rock and a lot of those fish were spawning around them around them boulders so that's why i targeted them um and then lake of the ozarks so i had been i had fished on lake of the ozarks several times in the last few years um never in the spring and we you know, luckily, tournament girls in the town, we have a huge cold front. It's been 70s, 80 degrees, and uh, we show up, and it's like 60s, 50s for the high, 40s at night. And those yep. fish were not biting anything in practice. In three full days of practice, I think I caught one fish that was over four pounds and a handful of just keepers. Yep. Um, but the first day, uh, Okecho- or uh, Lake of the Ozarks, I ended up, uh, fishing around, I had a few fish in the boat and I come around a dock and I look up next to the bank and there's a bed with like a three and a half pound male sitting on it. Um, and there was a big female just sitting off that bed. So I sat there, I power pulled down and I messed with that male for seemed like forever, but it was probably only 20 minutes or so. And finally, one of the last flips into the, the bed, um, that male nose down on my bait. He goes to suck it up, and he does. He sucks it in his mouth. Well, I saw in the corner of my eye that female was pulling up on the bed. So, I think I had, I think I had a lemon at the time, but I had like a twelve-inch spot in the live well. So I knew I needed to for sure get rid of that one. And now I've got probably the biggest bite I've had all day on the end of the line, and I don't set the hook because I didn't want to scare that female. So he spits the bait, and he swims off the bed, and she swims onto it. And it took me three or four more flips, um, and she. Came up to the bait, nose up to it, sucked it in. I set the hook, and it was a five six. Ended up being or five oh six, and she ended up being the biggest bass of the tournament that day. So I won big bass the first day, um, and then a, you know a couple flips later, that male she uh, he came back, and I ended up catching him, and I think he was like a three fourteen or three fifteen. <laughs> so ended up weighing around eighteen pounds the first day in that event, and I was in sixth place. Um, the second day, uh, well, after that, I went and ran a bunch of new water just looking for new beds and new fish, um, and I found a few. Couldn't get them to bite that the first day, so I rolled back to them the second day, and the bigger ones that I'd found, I couldn't get them to bite, and I don't know if they'd been caught before or what, but they were, you know, and I think it was part of the cold, friendly conditions and just warming up everything, too. And I think I ended up weighing 11, 11 and a half pounds or something the 
the second day, which dropped me down, oh, to 16th place or something like that. And then I ended up catching another 11 and a half pounds or so the third day. And um, I don't remember what I finished, 19th maybe. Yep, 19th you got. So so you've got a 19th, a 14th, a 16th, or a, a 44th, and then yep. and then uh, uh, a not-so-good finish down in uh, – um, Okeechobee, but but yeah. you've got two top twenties, uh, uh, a top fifty, and then, I mean, honestly, for a rookie season, I mean, you got to be looking at that thinking, all right, you know, like this is pretty pretty freaking good. Yep. No, I'm I'm I've been super happy so far with the way everything's going. It's given me a lot of confidence at that level. Um, especially what? being in sixth place after the first day at Okeechobee, like that was pretty that was pretty cool. I thought. Um, I was pretty jacked up about that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it slipped a little bit, but not too far. What What was it like now in the mornings when I'm up at the weight room at the school here? Uh, I always, if there's a tournament on, I'll always turn it on the TVs and have all the high schoolers watching it. And they thought it was pretty cool that uh, what we would consider a local guy around here, you know, there you are up on the screen. What's it like having a cameraman in the boat with you? So at, at Lake Conroe, that was the first time I ever had a cameraman in the boat. Um, and I was a little anxious with that. Um, one, I'm not used to having a camera, you know, 10 feet from your head or 10 inches from your head when you're, when you're <laughs> right. concentrating, trying to fish, move around and stuff, you know, which, and it was, it was all good. I, there was no, I haven't had a bad experience with it. Um, a little nerve wracking, I guess you could say, but, um, but for the most part, it's been good. They've always been super respectful. Um, anything you ask them or whatever, you know, if you want them to stand over here, whatever, they usually do that. Um, and, you know, and it's been, it was really, it's been really cool. Um, but, yeah, once I get over my nerves a little bit on being on camera, it should be a little bit better. <laughs> I believe that. It's, it's probably a pretty surreal feeling because, I mean, I'm sure that you grew up watching, like, TV, fish or fishing shows on TV and stuff like that, and now all of a sudden it's like, here it's you i mean here you are live all around the world i mean not just like some local tv station i mean people are tuned in worldwide to watch yeah absolutely yeah you're always recording me matt but it's on snapchat <laughs> <laughs> and you're making fun of me well, there's another oh, miss. Yeah. no there's and another miss. And for whatever reason something in your head always tells you it's different than just snapchat oh it is you know yeah, I mean? it is it's really not but right <laughs> yep so so what is the what does the remainder of the schedule look like for you Yep, so uh, we leave, I think that, when is that, June 14th through the 17th, I believe, we go up to the Potomac River. All right. And then the end of July, we are at, and I always take these tournaments one at a time, so I always forget all the dates. I always have to go back and look through, but uh, the end of July, here we go. So yeah, oh, the 17th through the 19th is uh, the Potomac River. And then July 25th through the 27th, we're at the Mississippi River at Lacrosse. Oh, nice! Yeah, hell yeah. So I've been to Lacrosse a few times. Um, I like it up there. I've caught some good fish up there. Yep. So I'm yep. pretty excited about that one. The Potomac River. It's a tidal fishery. That's going to be a little bit different. Never fished one of those before. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, a whole I'm pretty different excited egg. to get over to that one too. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of things I've read about it so far that there's a lot of fish up there, and the weights are probably going to be pretty stacked. I mean, it's going to be ounces separating guys, but mm-hmm. 
but it sounds like they usually catch them pretty good up there. So, so, be- so is this an angler of the year deal? Like, uh, top five in angler of the year at the end of the year qualify for the next level up or, or what, what exactly is the, is the goal of this uh, particular series? Yep. So the top, and I don't want to be wrong and say the wrong thing. I think it's a top eight, but it could be the top six, get an invite to the Bass Pro Tour. It is the Bass, Bass Pro, Pro Tour. Okay. Yep. Um, and then there's a rookie of the year race as well. Um, this year, with it being the Invitationals, um, they did bring a lot of new people in. So I think there is 70 of us rookies this year, which, <laughs> which is a lot for, for usually these deals. You know, usually there's a handful of them, right? But, right. But there's 70 of us this year, which is fine. Um, but yeah, so there's a Rookie of the Year race. Um, and that I think they give away a Polaris Ranger if you win that title. Nice. And then um, Angler of the Year, and I'm not sure what the prize is on that, but you for sure get an invite to the the Bass Pro Tour. Do you know where you're sitting right now? Uh, Yeah, I just got a text the other day. I think I'm in 29th. 29th? Okay. And I'm not sure about the rookie. Yep. Huh. So, so, you know, say say you qualify. I mean, I'm I'm assuming you're, you're going all in for the Bass Pro Tour, correct? Yep. So I just looked at that deal. It's actually I'm in 26 in points right now. But, uh, but yeah, um, if I got the invite, I would do whatever I possibly could to go do that. Absolutely. And and say you don't uh, say you don't qualify this year. I mean, you're gonna do the exact same thing over again. I mean, do you look at the opens next year? What you know? What what would potentially be the plan then? Yep, so if I didn't make the Bass Pro Tour this year, I should still be able to fish the Invitationals, um, unless something crazy dramatic or something happens, you know? Yeah. Um, but no, I should be able to fish the Invitationals again next year. Um, and as I'm sitting right now, I'm pretty positive that I would be doing that. I would, And then I would also, I think, next year I might, um, and I should have done it this year, I just didn't want to jam too many things on my schedule first year but i would i'm gonna fish a uh one of the toy at least one of the toyota divisionals um okay which is like a three tournament series um in the toyota series yep um the reasoning for that uh last year they had in this when they called it the tackle warehouse pro circuit they had a championship and they did away with that this year but the Toyota series still has a championship and they, I mean, if you make that championship, which I think top 40 in points in each division makes the championship and they fish for 225,000. Ooh. Well, that wouldn't uh, hurt. <laughs> yeah. So it's a good, it's, it's one of the biggest championships in the whole, in the whole tournament world, you know? So yeah, yeah. I'd like to get back to that. So with, but going back to the living the dream package, I, I kind of forgot about this, but or just didn't say anything, I guess. But uh, so we actually, I qualified with that win. I was able to fish the BFL All American on Lake Hamilton last June, and then in November, it also qualified me to fish the Toyota Series Championship at Lake Gunnersville. Well, that'd be fun. So, so, so yes. you you are doing that this coming November. 
or, I, or so you did it last, last November. So last yeah. June, I fished the All-American, and then last November, I fished the um, Toyota Series Championship. So you're, I mean, Toyota Series Championship, you're, you're freaking, you're fishing against some sticks there. Yep. And there's, and there's some guys, I mean, so Okeechobee, Clarks Hill, Jacob Wheeler was there, fished against us, uh, Michael Neal, um, yep. Mark Daniels Jr., uh, Shaw Grigsby. Speaking of Mark Daniels Jr., he's also a living the dream winner, uh, uh years back. Yep, Absolutely. Well, you know, that, that ain't bad company to be in. No, nope, no. Nope. And, and everything's been positive with MLF. I've been super, um, I've been super happy with everything so far. Yep. Yeah. Guys are all super nice. Um, yeah, I don't have anything bad to say about them at all. You yeah. ever, you ever said anything to Wheeler? Like, you know, just kind of size him up in the parking lot, let him know, <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. you're planning on taking his lunch money. No, but it was pretty cool. I did place a little bit higher than him at Clark's Hill, so I was pretty excited about that. That was that was pretty cool. You you want to know what you got to do? Call him by the wrong name. Hey, you're right. you're that Jeff Wheeler, right? Yeah, good to, good to finally meet you. Yeah. I don't need any bad any bad juju going my way though. Uh, t- tell him I told him <laughs> told you to yeah. say it. Yeah. There you go. But yeah. and then John Cox and Keith Carson. Um, yeah. I actually know they don't um, suck neither. I'm, what's that? They don't suck neither. No, yeah, they got they went one and two at uh, the Ozarks. Yep. yep. But uh, no, I I've known John. I actually took him out fishing on Okaboji last summer for a couple of days, and we cracked him pretty good. Is, so I, I kind of knew John going into this deal a little bit, and then I and I met Keith down there um, at Okeechobee, and. And they're both super, super awesome guys. I was going to say, is John Cox, like, I mean, he seems like he's, like, the most genuine, like, as you see him on TV or during the tournaments, that's probably what he's like all the time. I mean, he just seems like he just oh, enjoys shucks. it. Oh, shucks. Oh, shucks. Yeah, I just oh, so happened to absolutely. crack another 100000 bucks. the nicest people you'd ever meet. Yeah. Oh, oh that's, that's cool. cool. I mean, that had to be a pretty freaking crazy feeling to be out on Okaboji with John Cox. Oh, man. It was it was awesome, and we whacked them that day too. I think I think we fished two and a half days, and the first two days we had our five best fish were over twenty four pounds, and <laughs> I mean yep. we just just whacked them. What are, well, like what are, like what were his feelings on Okaboji? Like was he like, wow, this is a hell of a fishery? I mean, obviously, if you guys are catching over twenty four pounds, oh, absolutely. It was, he's like, dude, this place is awesome. You guys are lucky to have this close to you guys. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't think anyone really realizes what we have here in Iowa. I mean, well, I mean, l- let's be honest, just this last weekend, you and your you and your partner Marshall cracked 30 freaking pounds in Iowa. <laughs> I mean, northern <laughs> Iowa, to, you know, I mean, right. you know, that's, that's freaking Florida and Texas numbers. Yeah, it was, it was a crazy, crazy day. I mean, the stars all aligned, and and we caught big ones all day long, and and it was it was one of the best days fishing I've ever had by far. So, so when you and Marshall, well, well, for the listeners that don't understand, uh, last weekend uh, Okaboji Open, it's the Fairmont Bass Blasters, I think, yeah, uh, a Minnesota like uh, club, whatever, and and it's it's a team tournament down on Okaboji. Ninety boats, was it? Yeah, it was ninety this yep. year. Yep, ninety boats, and uh, you and your partner Marshall go ahead and and crack uh, crack a dirty thirty, and and go ahead and get the win. What, what are you and Marshall saying to each other as you're heading back to the boat ramp? Because, I mean, obviously you guys are like, holy moly, like this, <laughs> this was right. good. 
Yeah, so the crazy thing about Okaboji is you can never ever be sure that you're gonna win right <laughs> right that's the truth i mean you, the truth. like you said you could have 30 pounds and you're going in the way and going ah, i don't know yeah <laughs> i mean there was an eight pounder weighed in and for big bass that's what won big bass it was an eight eight and a quarter or something but you get somebody that's got a five pound average and give them an eight pounder or you know and then they got a six and a half with them or you know what i mean like they you could get 31 32 I mean, there's enough fish in there. There's more seven pounders weighed um, for big fish in that tournament yesterday than any other tournament I've ever seen up there. Right, that's crazy. Just I don't crazy. remember the exact number of seven pounders that were weighed in, but previous years, I remember there was um, there was a gal, Jess Johnson. She weighed a seven pounder, and that was the biggest fish at the Okaboji Open in history of the Okaboji Open. That's that that's the one that they still use that picture all the time on, yeah. on there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we had two seven pounders in our bag. We had a seven oh one and a seven fifty two. Oh jeez. What what do you what do you think is doing it right now? I mean the fishery's just healthy. It's um the bluegill and the perch, so there's a forage base that's basically unlimited. Um the vegetation is amazing. Uh, we did get zebra mussels a few years ago. Um, everybody thought that was going to be, uh, the worst thing ever, but what uh, it did was the bush light and the bush light in Miller's Bay that kills off. Some <laughs> of <them>. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the, the zebra mussels actually made the water cleaner. Um, like they do everywhere. Yep. And, and I don't really know the effects that the zebra mussels do to the fish per se, but I mean, I think it just boosts the uh, the quality of the water, and uh, and I don't know. There's just it's just more, a freak show lake right now. Yeah, more yeah. deeper weed growth than you know when the water's clearer, and and yeah. I don't more yeah. oxygen in the water, more everything. So yep. yeah, it's yeah. just been it's been it's been really good. Crazy, Jordan. Uh, what 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 are some of your goals? You know, obviously, uh, uh, you know, this year to to possibly win angler of the year but i mean let, let's look five ten years down the road what, what you know in an ideal world where is jordan hurt 10 years down the road in his fishing career yeah if i can make the bass pro tour and do it full time um i mean that'd be the main goal um right now um uh, my my little brother and i we own we own a small trucking company we got two trucks we each drive one every day okay um we also my dad he had a uh a carpet cleaning business and Dylan and I bought that from him. So we do that. Dylan, uh, my brother, he's over the road trucking and I just truck locally. Um, so when he comes home, he'll do some of the carpets and then I usually do a carpet or so almost every night once I get done trucking for the day. So if I could sell the semi, that would be amazing. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would do yeah. it in a heartbeat, I promise. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, um, you know, obviously tournament, tournament fishermen, whatever you, you gotta have a lot of companies, uh, that, that are standing behind you and, and believe in you, uh, what throw, throw a couple of those, well, throw all of them out, uh, that, that you can remember. Yep. So, so the Bass Federation, um, they gave me a, a sponsorship, um, which helped with, uh, with some entry fees paying and stuff like that. Um, so that'd be one of my number ones this year. Um, Pro's Choice Marine, they're out of Warsaw, Missouri. Um, I'm running their wrap on my boat this year. Uh, they're a 
is super, super awesome. They have all uh, nitros, tritons, rangers, anything you could imagine. Probably the biggest inventory you're ever going to find anywhere um, in stock, almost just about all year long. Uh, and some of the bi- uh, best prices in the industry right now. Um, my last two boats have came from there. I've been super happy with them. Um, I'm also running powerhouse lithium batteries. They're sponsored this year. Um, some cool things about powerhouse, they've got a 15 year warranty. So you buy one battery and you've got it for 15 years. If anything goes bad on it, it's one phone call away and it gets replaced that week. Basically. Well, you can't beat that. (laughs) Um, they also have, um, a charging system they're calling it's called the run and gun chargers um so when you start your big motor and you make a run anywhere that charger clicks on from the alternator in your in your engine and it starts charging your trolling motor batteries your graph batteries um so basically you will never die out of water that's sweet um there's i'm running their lithium starting battery it's a 12 volt battery it's got a um a, basically a boost button so say something happens yeah. and something drains your starting battery down it's got a button on top of that battery that you push and now you don't need a jump pack you don't need jumper cables and that thing you can start your engine like seven or eight times off the one um the one juice charge that it stores in it um i'm running a 16 volt graph battery cool thing about 16 volts is all the graphs whether you're hummingbird lawrence garmin they'll all take the 16 volts um won't hurt them but you do get a little bit cleaner of an image from running a little more power into them right um i'm also running they've got a 28 volt converter so you run it from your um your trolling motor battery and then that runs to your live scope, or I'm running the active target, so I run it to the black box there. That now runs 28 volts into that, and it gives your forward-facing sonar a cleaner image. Crisper, cleaner. Your fish show up, your lures show up a little bit brighter. Um, and that's been a huge, a huge key for our success the last few years, definitely, is being able to see more clearly, farther out, yeah, I got to um, think that's a huge so, advantage. Yeah, so that's been really that's been a really cool addition to the boat in the last couple of years. Um, one other sponsor um, is Outdoors for Less. So you guys being up in Minnesota, I'm sure you guys are big deer hunters. Yep. Uh, or some of the listeners are, I'm sure. Um, if you guys like box blinds, they sell a whole bunch of different models of box blinds. Um, here in Iowa, we can't hunt over bait, but we can feed throughout the season. So there's a lot of people that do supplement feed their whitetails. Um, and Outdoors for Less sells all that online. And they have the, some of the best prices online for that. Um, and, you know, like some of the supplements may be antler growth or protein or you know any of that anything that you can help your herd in late winter after seasons shut down anything you can help give them where they don't have to suffer as much in the cold winters it's going to help their antlers grow bigger the following year yep. Yep. so 
So those are the companies that are standing behind me um, this year, and and anything I can do to help them guys out, it's, it's been fun. Yeah, no doubt yeah. about it. <clears throat> now, uh, before we let you go, Jordan, uh, I got one more question for you. I know uh, living in uh, uh, Council Bluffs there, uh, you're kind of right between uh, two uh, – you know, basically on the border uh, of Nebraska. So I got to know, uh, you uh, you a Husker or are you a Hawk? So honestly, I don't watch a lot of football. But if you had to pick. <laughs> um, a lot of my friends are Husker fans. Um, most of my family is Don't uh, make me Hawkeyes. delete this episode. <laughs> don't make me delete this episode. <laughs> and, my, and my wife is a big Iowa State fan. So I just kind of bounce around. Whatever we're watching, I'm good with it. I'll cheer for any of them. Yeah, all, all right. right. Uh, we can, we we can go we can yeah. go Hawks. We can go Iowa State. We'll we'll go Iowa State. But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Jordan, uh, we we truly appreciate it. Uh, you are on an absolute roll right now, and uh, uh, it's it's been a lot of fun. Matt and I send a lot of text messages back and forth uh, uh, following your career, and uh, uh, yeah, we're glad we finally uh, got you on the phone and get you on an episode. Absolutely, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You bet. Yeah. We'll have to meet up sometime over at Boji. Absolutely. Let's do it. You All bet. Right. All right. Thanks a lot, man. Yep. Have a good night, guys. See ya. Bye. Jordan Hurt, uh, the hottest fisherman, uh, hottest bass fisherman uh, here in Northwest Iowa for sure. That's right. I mean, thankfully he met those bass fishermen years ago at the campground. Ain't that, that a cool story? <laughs> it is. Way I mean, cool story. Can, when he was telling that whole thing about like Waller and Fisherman being so secretive and with his grandpa and stuff like that, you can just picture your grandpa like when you go to the boat ramp and somebody's asking uh, how you caught him and grandpa just looking at you like, do not say anything, do not say anything, don't say anything. Christmas <laughs> presents for the rest of your life. Right. Or <laughs> it puts you in, in that, the balance. Puts you in that awkward situation like, uh, yep. I don't know. Yep. Yeah. No, no. We didn't catch any today. Because <laughs> we've all been there before when you got somebody along and you're yep. talking to somebody at the boat ramp and they start talking a little bit too much and you're just kind of like giving them that eye like, shut up. Shut I never up. I never had that problem with my grandpa because I, if you know my grandpa Lambert. <laughs> No, he he was the one that was going to be doing the talking. Yeah. He, he was gonna he was gonna tell him. He just couldn't even help it. So, <laughs> so uh, nope, uh, Matt. Uh, this last weekend uh, we got out, uh, did a little spring shoreline cleanup uh, right did. here in uh, in Rock Rapids, the same park that we were at last year. Uh, we did eight or nine bags of trash last year. Uh, only three, a uh, little over three this year. Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming last year's had to have helped a little bit, but, uh, um, either way it was still, uh, fun to get out there. Uh, you know, I brought, uh, um, my, my son, my stepdaughter, and then, uh, the baby, well, I can't call him a baby anymore. The toddler son and, uh, the boss. Yep. Uh, we got through there and, uh, um, you know, found what, two Frisbees, two random like rubber balls yep. and. And, uh, I even caught a frog to keep a slate of right. occupied. For that's a right. <laughs> yep, that was awesome. So, uh, nope. Uh, like last year, uh, the Spring Shoreline cleanup. We uh, have a post on our Facebook page, uh, a picture of us from this last Saturday uh, with our garbage bags. If you go out and uh, pick up any sort of trash, 
take a picture of you with it. Uh, we'd we'd prefer that you know you have a bag of trash or whatever, but it, it's not that big of a deal. We're not gonna sit here and be like, nope, that doesn't look like full bag. Go yeah, out you there, can't just crush your bush bush light can and hold it up and say that I picked this up. <laughs> right, or I didn't throw it on the ground. Right, but uh, just just go out there, get a little something. You know, if you're at a boat ramp about to put in your boat, if you see some stuff laying around, grab it. Take a take a simple picture, send it in to us, and uh, we're gonna. Um, I guess we don't know for sure. Uh, it, it'll be Dakota Angler gift cards, I'm sure. Yeah. But uh, um, I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll do two or three twenty five dollar gift cards uh, if it really starts gaining some traction. Maybe that'll get a little bit higher. But uh, um, we we haven't. We'll, We'll just be playing out honest. We haven't done a whole lot of thinking into it. Uh, you know, we just went and did uh, the the cleanup on uh, on Saturday. So yeah, let us let us see how much interest it garn- garnishes, and then we'll uh, uh, go from there. Yep, yep, exactly. So uh, uh, yeah, go on the Facebook page, post a picture, and and you'll be entered. Um, pizza review. Pizza review. Yep, just had one. Yep, I do. This week, uh, I did uh, went to High V this week because uh, you know been to Walmart, been to Sunshine here. You had to go to, do to the something. one that had the bomb straight yesterday, were you? You weren't in there. Where was it? In Sioux Falls, <laughs> I think the one on Minnesota. Really? Yeah. Huh. No, we were at the one on down for we a were, while. Uh, we were at the one on East Tenth, but uh, um, either either just uh, they just normally do, but there was two security guards in there. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I, I think like full, you know, maybe off-duty police officers. Like what? I, they might have had guns on their hips. Oh wow! I just tipped my hat to him, and and he knew. Kept on going. Yeah, he knew. He didn't want none of that smoke. Nope. But uh, right this way to the pizza, frozen pizza aisle, sir. Yep. But uh, I got one uh, I've never tried before. A Craven flavor. Craven flavor. Maybe it's just Craven. I don't know. And it's C R A V apostrophe N. Yep. All right. Craven. You see that right there? Oh, Craven. Right. Yeah. But uh went uh went with Craven flavor, original thin crust, basic cheese pizza, my personal favorite. But uh uh pretty low dollar pizza. We're definitely not talking anything uh, high dollar, but we got no artificial flavors. But you needed it after that base after buying that softball bat, so Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I did need something a little bit cheaper. I've got a freaking like like I've got a Jack's pizza also upstairs, so that'll be next week. And we're not talking the regular Jack's; like we're talking like the ultimate Jack's pizza. Like All right. it's it's special Jack's. Like oh, we're not wow. talking the basic ones, but uh, also 100% real cheese. I was looking for one that had 76% real cheese, and it was all 100% real cheese. No fillers in this bad boy. But uh, uh, now I got to go back and get to my notes. My notes. My notes. My notes. My notes. Uh, Craven flavor, uh, original thin crust cheese, a little floppy for, uh, a a little, uh, it was actually kind of weird. So, so first things first, I didn't do this one, uh, in the oven. Uh, Kayla was using the oven, so I had to go with the pizzazz pizza oven. So, you know, I, I gotta be honest on that. Uh, normally I do, uh, oven right on the rack, but, uh, not this time did the pizzazz. A little floppy for a thin crust. When when you see how thin this thing was, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, that thing's kind of going to be crunchy. I won't say it was bad. It, it definitely wasn't bad. But uh, I, I would have thought that it would have been a little bit uh, uh, crunchier, a little bit uh, uh, 
firmer, whatever. But uh, uh, overall, the price, really good. I really, really liked the sauce. A really good sauce. When it comes to cheese pizza, you can't really screw it up. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say, like, holy moly, there was just a ton of cheese on there. But it, it, it wasn't bad. Um, overall, good. You know, no, nothing great. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give it a six point one. Oh, okay. Yep, I, it, it was. Well, that's pretty so good I, for a basic, you know, basic cheese pizza. You know, I I didn't know what to do because here a while back uh, I did a Palermo and I gave that one a six. Chances are I probably shouldn't have given that one a six. Uh, that that one probably realistically probably would have been a five, and then I probably would have dropped this one to a five point five. But I, I'm I'm happy. This one was better than that. So I'm I'm happy with giving it a six point one. Uh, definitely ain't any better than that. But I'd I'd buy it again. I'd definitely right. buy it again. So it is what it is. That's pizza review uh, for this week on episode two eighteen. Craven flavor. Craven, Craven flavor. flavor. Uh, next up, uh, good news stories brought to you by our good friends over at Freedom Brew in Larchwood, Iowa. The absolute very best, no questions asked coffee shop in the United States, and uh, they we're, we're we're searching the ones in Canada right now, but it looks like they're nah. going to be the best in North yep. America. Yeah, because not a whole lot's good up there in Canada besides the fishing. <laughs> Maybe Hortons, I don't know, but uh, whatever the case, uh, Freedom Brew, Larchwood, Iowa, Austin, and Brianna are the absolute best. Swing on by there. Uh, I will guarantee you, I will get, I, I, I can almost personally guarantee you to the point where I'd buy your dang coffee that if you go there, you are going to have the absolute very best cup of coffee you ever had in your freaking life. Uh, and friendly service. Absolutely. But, uh, I, I'm telling you, I know these guys, these ingredients, like when, when I'm talking to Austin, Austin's telling me like, yep, you know, like these are the very best. And, and in my mind, I'm like, well, you know, what about doing, you know, something a little bit different, you know, to kind of get your profit up there a little bit more. That no. ain't him. No, that ain't him. You yep. are getting, no the, I, I can no guarantee to you, they are the, the absolute best ingredients you yep. can possibly buy. That's just them. That's just them. That's how it works. So, uh, go to freedom brew. You won't be disappointed. Um, uh, give you a kick in the shorts to keep on keeping on. Good news story of the week. Uh, Today is the 8th, so that means tomorrow's the 9th. Today's my good buddy Sticky's birthday, Brandon Acevedo. Right. It's his birthday today, but uh, that means that two days ago was my cousin Destry's. That means tomorrow is my dad, Sleepy Roy Sturman. Ooh. His birthday tomorrow. Uh, don't ask me how old he is, Probably but like I think it's, I think it's like 59. That. 59. I think All it's right. 59. I don't think he's the big six zero yet. I think my mom's going to turn 60 in September, but uh, um, I think he's the big 5'9", sleepy, right. sleepy Roy Sturman. Well, mine, I guess I have some birthdays too. Uh, my niece Hallie, okay. it was her birthday the other day, the third. Um, I believe 11 is what she is now. So okay. uh, next week, actually, my nephew Coy, it's his birthday. Gee, Manila. So there, and then... It was my mom and dad's 45th anniversary. 45th anniversary. On the 6th. Yep. Hard to believe they've been together that long. I mean, they made it through raising us boys. <laughs> you can make it about through anything. <laughs> yeah, it's just a downhill slide from here. <laughs> right. 
So, no, I think Dad took her to a concert or something like that. I don't know if, like, old Steely Dan was back in the area or what, or 38 Special or what. <laughs> Hell, yeah, <laughs> Guns and Roses. <laughs> That's a little too out of their, out of their days. So, mm-hmm. um, And then also uh, Tony Lee, he caught an 8.3-pound largemouth on the Okaboji chain a week ago. So Kicking out some fish. Holy buckets. Kicking out I mean, some fish. Just some monsters. So yep. that would be my good news stories of the week. Heck, yeah. Heck, yeah. Um, oh, I guess I should, since I said my niece and my nephew's birthdays too, I should say that my brother Mike's birthday is next week as well. So. Never heard of her. <laughs> Never heard of her. All right, guys, uh, that is episode 218. Uh, we appreciate you guys for tuning in, uh, and uh, yeah, we look forward to talking to you guys again, uh, episode 219 next week. Later. Later.